Ambitious with Dylan Price is presented by Liquid IV. Liquid IV helps you have superior hydration and energy by multiplying energy and hydration with just one little packet. These packets just get poured into a bottle of water, you shake it on up, and there you go. I start my day every single day with Liquid IV. My favorite flavor is lemon ginger, but there's also lemon ginger, passion fruit, um, acai berry, and limited edition pear flavor they just came out with. There's also some other really cool flavors you can find on the Liquid IV website or in your local stores like Walmart, CVS, Kroger, Walgreens, all of the above. It's a good for you supplement that I use all the time. It helps fuel my lifestyle, and I am incredibly thankful for Liquid IV for sponsoring this podcast, and they're an absolute fantastic top-of-the-line hydration supplement. So go out, get yourself some liquid IV, and fuel life's adventures. Now, back to the show. What is up, ambitious listeners? New episode coming at you today. This is going to be one of those longer forum, uh, me give predictions kind of episodes. So there's two different slates of predictions coming at you today. First is going to be the coaching carousel, something I do every year. I kind of predict, and then later on in the uh, in the off season, I grade the coaching hires that a lot of these openings um, could end up making. So I'm really excited to go through that. I've definitely put a lot of work into this. Kind of curious if any of these are even correct because it's definitely one of the weirdest coaching carousels in a long time. So we're going to have that. And then also a brief kind of synopsis of how I think the final eight teams fall in terms of the playoff predictions. And I give my ultimate Super Bowl matchup prediction and who I think walks away with the Lombardi this season. So big episode coming at you. All of this after a word from our presenting sponsor, Liquid IV. So this is definitely one of the strangest coaching carousels in a long time. I definitely think if you look back to last year, you saw Robert Sala, Arthur Smith, uh, Brian Dable, although he didn't get a job, Brandon Staley. Some of these guys kind of stuck out as the bigger candidates. And then you saw more surprising hires like an Urban Meyer, Nick Sirianni, David Culley. So you never really know how the coaching carousel is going to end up working out. And I definitely think this year has been one of the most in-depth cycles yet. By this point, you normally see a higher or two and we haven't even seen more finalists in these coaching interviews yet you are seeing some teams kind of narrow the pack down but for the most part the jobs are kind of wide open right now so I'm kind of going to walk through each opening give my prediction and then give kind of who I would look to hire but I will definitely give one concrete prediction of who I would guess they hire even though who knows what's going to happen so I'll start with the first pick holder in this year's draft and last year's draft for that matter the Jacksonville Jaguars general manager Trent Baalke will be brought back despite Jaguars fans kind of disarray for the matter Shad Khan is not looking to move on from him at this point, and they definitely blame Urban Meyer for a bulk of this year's faults. I do think Daryl Bevel did a decent job coming in, but I don't think he walks away with the job. So ultimately, you're looking to fill the void that Urban Meyer left and really find somebody who's going to be able to mentor Trevor Lawrence. And I think for me, it kind of boils down to two guys, Byron Leftwich, the quarterback connoisseur of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He really worked hands-on with Jameis Winston and some of those guys before kind of working more hands-off, but in a play-calling role as the OC now for the Bucks. And they just won the Super Bowl. He's been coaching Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, um, Mike Evans, all these really talented guys. So 
Byron Leftwich has definitely gotten to cut his teeth in a big way in Tampa Bay and also learn from Bruce Arians and, of course, Tom Brady. So he's definitely going to be well-prepared for a coaching opportunity, whether it be Jacksonville or another spot. And then you have Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl-winning coach, a guy who's worked really well with quarterbacks in the past and really been able to be hands-on in the development of guys like Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, although how much of Carson Wentz was Frank Reich, who knows. So ultimately, for me, it would come down to these two guys. I know Billy O'Brien has been uh, floated around a little here, and if uh, Balky gets his way, maybe that ends up being higher but if you're looking for the best hire and also the hire I think happens I think I look to Byron Leftwich he was the number three overall pick by Jacksonville in 2003 he's also fourth all-time in the franchise's history in passing yards and I think he's also someone who could work hands-on with Trevor to show him obviously how to handle the NFL how to handle Jacksonville but really to tailor that offense and tailor that team to him because look at what he's done with Tampa Bay they're the first in the NFL in points per game and he's been calling the plays there coming up with some really cool play designs obviously life's a little easier when you have one of the greatest of all time at the helm but I really do think even if you look back to what Leftwich was able to harness with Jameis Winston despite the fact that he apparently couldn't even see the seasons he was in Tampa Bay and needed to get laser guy surgery I definitely think Byron Leftwich has a very strong resume as a quarterback developer and definitely more as a leader of men so I think if you're going to go from a guy in Urban Meyer who was a headache of a head coach to a guy in Byron Leftwich who was a young, exciting, invigorating head coach. I think this would be a very good move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Curious how him and Balky interact and if Balky ends up getting his way and gets Bill O'Brien, but I think Leftwich is my prediction and also who I would hire for Jacksonville. Next, we go to Denver Broncos. Uh, definitely a team that is kind of strange and feels like they've been teetering in this kind of a realm since they won the Super Bowl a few years ago with Peyton Manning, which feels like it was so recent, but has really been a long time since they had that era. They've rotated kind of through head coaches, ending up with Vic Fangio, who I actually really liked, but at his core, I mean, Fangio is a football guy, but should be a DC. And I think he ends up getting another DC job because he's one of the best defensive minds in the game of football. And definitely if I had to look to somebody for an influence on a lot of these younger guys' defenses like Iberflus, who I'll talk about in a little bit, and Brandon Staley. He's definitely had an impact on a lot of these guys and kind of formulated his own coaching tree in a sense. And that whole cover two mentality and then the different looks he brings on, I think Fangio is a really incredible head coach, but or an incredible coach, but he was not a head coach. And I think for the Broncos, they definitely could have given him one more year, but I definitely think the goal was to kind of shift the mentality of the organization and really maybe try to rebuild this team a little more because they have weapons. I mean, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, Noah Fant, they have the guys on offense who can be good. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and then on defense, you have Patrick Sertain, Shelby Harris, still a lot of young talent there. By the way, friend of the show, Shelby Harris. They have a lot of talent there still, and guys who are going to be there for a while. And despite trading Von Miller, they still have a lot of good talent across the board, even though their star is gone. So I think this is definitely an intriguing team. I would look to hire an offensive guy like Nathaniel Hackett, the OC in Green Bay, or even not a guy I'm high on, but Kellen Moore, the OC in Dallas. But I think they ultimately end up going with Dan Quinn for a couple reasons. I think John Elway is definitely going to look to make another safe hire. I think with Vic Fangio, you saw him make that safe hire. And if they were going to make a safe hire, I probably would have just stuck with Fangio. But it's Elway. It's the Broncos. They kind of do what they want to do. And I think right now, they're transitioning potential ownership, and there's rumblings of a sale. So with Dan Quinn, you have a guy who has a 43-42 and career coaching record, a Super Bowl appearance. He was the play caller for the Legion of Boom. And he's turned around that Dallas defense from just a season. So... He's a guy who, although 
isn't necessarily a guy I would look to hire just yet. He's re-fallen in love with the game of football, and he has a good reputation in the league, so he's going to be easy to sign on to for a new owner to have as the head coach, and he's also going to be a guy who is going to have an impact on that locker room. So although it's not necessarily who I would look to hire based on trying to reinvigorate that roster and possibly look to rebuild at quarterback and a couple other key positions outside of you know some of those playmakers, I definitely think... Quinn can be stability, even though right now is when I would take a risk if I were the Broncos front office. But as they go through the sale, as they go through everything else, I think they end up hiring Dan Quinn. But I would look at maybe Nathaniel Hackett as a dark horse here. Next for me are the Miami Dolphins, and this is an interesting one. I really don't think anybody expected Brian Flores to be fired, but ultimately Stephen Ross and that front office kind of decided they want to decide with Tua Tagovailoa and see what they can do. So if this is the route they want to take, then lean into it. So you have a talented wide receiver in Jalen Waddell, who, although Jamar Chase overshadowed his rookie season, he also broke Anquan Bolden's 2003 receptions record that some never saw falling. So yeah, there was the 18th game, but Jalen Waddell had an incredible year. And then you see Mike Gesicki, a guy who really took a step forward this season, incredibly agile. You've seen him hurdle some defenders, a big red zone threat, and he really took a step forward as a dynamic pass catcher. So you have a big body tight end dynamic pass catcher, an electric short fast receiver who does great things with the ball in his hands. And then you have a receiver who, or a quarterback who, sorry, is trying to put it all together, got a rocket of an arm, but needs to just kind of hone it in and start making smarter decisions. Am I kind of hinting at something you see developing here? This was the Kansas City Chiefs situation. Obviously, very different, more proven And Alex Smith handed it off to Patrick Mahomes. But in this case, why not go the Kansas City Chiefs model? Fast, young wide receiver. Big, dynamic pass catcher at tight end. And a mobile, rocket arm quarterback. Eric Bieniemy would be the guy here if I were going to look to predict uh, hire. Bieniemy has been through this hiring cycle three times now. He's gotten interviews probably four or five times, um, four or five years in a row at this point. He continues to get interviews and continues to not be even a finalist for a lot of these jobs. Obviously, he's someone who struggles with interviews, and there's been personal qualms about him and domestic violence and stuff like that in the past, back in his college days. But I think this is a guy who has Andy Reid's recommendation, Patrick Mahomes' recommendation, and it's going to just be a matter of time before somebody eventually moves past those personal qualms and gives him a hire and I think the enemy would do wonders for this offense based on the style offense he could create here almost to replicate that Kansas City Chiefs model and I definitely think with what Stephen Ross is looking for in a head coach he's going to look for a guy who would be more of a yes man and kind of tailor everything towards Tua and towards the future of the franchise being Tua, so I think he would lean towards more Biennemi, but I think Biennemi would be attaching his career to Tua Tagovailoa, and if Tua goes down, then Biennemi would go down with him. So I don't know if it's the higher I would make, but I think Biennemi would make a lot of sense for the way the Dolphins are trending. I wouldn't have fired Brian Flores, but they did. They got to live with it now, so Eric Biennemi, I think, would be the smartest hire and for what that team needs, and definitely what I predict ends up happening. Now's where it gets a little interesting, and now's where I'm kind of going to freeball it a little more. So I'm going to go to the Minnesota Vikings first, and this is a really interesting one. I think it really comes down to two guys for me. Do you go within the NFC North and go after Nathaniel Hackett, a guy who's done really well with play calling and kind of taking a lot of pressure off Matt LaFleur and showing that he's willing to run the ball upfield, he's willing to work in some play action, and he's really just built a 
efficient offense, obviously having the best quarterback and wide receiver in the game of football at this point in time is a huge, huge added benefit. But with all the weapons he has, he's still been a great play caller. And you've seen guys who can't play call for top-tier weaponry. So Nathaniel Hackett's a guy who's going to have Aaron Rodgers' ringing endorsement. He's a guy who's very smart, knows the game of football well. And I think he would be someone I would look to really lean on in this coaching search if I were the Minnesota Vikings and kind of key in on because I think he's definitely a smarter higher than Kellen Moore but I do think Kellen Moore would make sense for the Minnesota Vikings in terms of getting a guy who could relate to Kirk Cousins a former quarterback really just fresh out of the league and then also a guy who would get along well with Jay Jettis in Justin Jefferson and really develop him well so I think Kellen Moore would be the young fresh hire definitely a different higher than what Mike Zimmer was but I think if I were going to look to add somebody if I were the Minnesota Vikings I would add Nathaniel Hackett he's a tough cold weather gritty guy smart efficient play caller and I think he would bring in a good staff with him and I think he would be a really smart hire for the Minnesota Vikings kind of one of those under the radar hires like a Arthur Smith with the Falcons that could be a good leader and really come in and surprise some people because although a lot of people have kind of crapped on what Smith's done with the Falcons, I think he's done a great job for what was handed to him. So I think Nathaniel Hackett could be that kind of guy where he'd be a good leader and be a leader of men rather quickly. So Nathaniel Hackett to the Vikings would be my prediction and they add in and they deplete an NFC North rival by taking their OC and they also add a guy who would be a tough, gritty, smart head coach. So now it gets a little more wishy-washy and I'm going to go to the Chicago Bears, and here's where I think they end up going. I think Morocco Brown or Ed Dodds, who did just pull his name out of the race, I think Dodds ends up going elsewhere, but I think Morocco Brown is part of that Colts general manager coaching, or general manager tree, sorry. And I think this is a guy who really has a good eye for talent. He's been their scouting director. And I think part of the reason Ed Dodds probably pulled out is because Dodds has a different idea, I think, of who he would want as his head coach, like, to pair with him. So I think that would be why he pulled out. Also, maybe to give his friend and colleague, Morocco Brown, an opportunity at this job and not really clutter it up for them. I don't really know why Dodds left the race, but I would speculate that could be why. So for me, it would be Morocco Brown as the hire for general manager. And the only reason I'm even talking about the general manager position here is because Morocco Brown's in the Colts organization. And I think a guy that the Bears just gave a second interview to actually this Monday, the same time Morocco Brown will be interviewing for the general manager job. I could definitely see them giving the job to Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And anybody who listened to this pod last year knows that I'm a guy who's very high on Matt Eberflus. A smart, technical guy, has his own niche ways of coaching his guys. He calls it the bread method, incentivizing guys like Darius Leonard to have strong practices and be good tacklers and be good, real, technically sound football players. He's taken Darius Leonard, Bobby Okereke, and that linebacker core, had him take great strides strides and I think you look at Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack as guys who would immensely benefit from Matt Eberflus's tutelage and then you look at to the rest of the team I think Eberflus has shown he's a leader of men he's also really developed his play calling this season and kind of adapted that Tampa 2 mentality and the cover 2 style of 
um, coaching that he has, that he's from that Fangio-Staley tree, and he's shown more of those creative looks that you see Staley and Fangio show. So I think his play calling and defense has improved. He's taken a step forward. And although there's been some questionable calls late in games, I think Iberflus is the kind of guy who could transition from defensive coordinator to head coach rather seamlessly and not necessarily struggle as much as some of these guys like a Todd Bowles or even a Dan Quinn did for a little bit there. Um, I definitely think Iberflus is going to be a smart stable head coach coming off Nagy, who was kind of a wild card at times. I think Iberflus would be very good for getting back to that Chicago Bears brand of football, smash mouth, hard, technically sound, good guys, and or not necessarily good guys, good brand of football, smash mouth, classic style football. That's what Iberflus would bring in and interject. And I also think you've seen Frank Reich's offensive coaching tree with Nick Sirianni, kind of show that they can work pretty well with these young quarterbacks. Sirianni put Hurts in the spot to succeed this season and utilize all his tools. And I think if you look at Iberflus, he'd likely bring in another Colts guy off on offense with him to coach up Justin Fields. And I think if he could get a guy like a Sirianni mentality who could kind of come in and to tutor Justin Fields and help him use his legs more. And I also think Justin Fields is a much more talented thrower than Jalen Hurts. I think Justin Fields could take strides under that Colts style of offense. So ultimately, I think Iberflus would be the right hire because he would still help Justin Fields by bringing in a smart offensive mind, somebody in that Sirianni mold. He would work well with Morocco Brown, who I think they should hire as GM. And then I also think he would work really well with that defense and some of those young, talented players there. So I think Iberflus would be a home run hire for them. He's actually who I would hire there. And I also think he ends up getting the job there. So If you're just kind of following all of this, I have the Broncos hiring Dan Quinn, the Dolphins hiring Eric Bieniemy, the Vikings hiring Nathaniel Hackett, the Jaguars hiring Byron Leftwich, and Matt Eberflus going to the Chicago Bears, which leaves the Houston Texans, the New York Giants, and the Las Vegas Raiders as the only openings left for us to talk about here. So I'm going to go to the New York Giants first. I think they end up going with Joe Sheen as the general manager, the Bills assistant general manager, and I think that's a great hire. Brandon Bean has done a fantastic job there in building that roster around a young quarterback. He's done a great job coaching him up, and I think that Sheen is going to bring in someone with him kind of like what I just suggested with the um, Morocco Brown Eberflus system. I think Sheen would bring in Brian Dable, and I think it would be a fantastic hire for this New York Giants team that needs a sense of stability coming off the wild and crazy Joe Judge, the wild and crazy Ben McAdoo years ago, and then a more timid kind of not really do a lot, um, Pat Shermer. So with Brian Dable, you have a guy who is a real great coach. He comes from a long, um, long and esteemed coaching tree. He's worked with the um, Crimson Tide under Nick Saban. He's worked under Bill Belichick a little bit. He's now worked under McDermott. He's worked with these hard-nosed, smart football minds. He's a smart football mind in his own right, and he's also a leader of men. He has really taken a more head coach role over the offense this season and kind of preached a lot of things. The article just came out about him saying he led the meeting and kind of tried to 
relate everybody back to the common goal, which was everybody sit down if you've been cut or traded, sit down coaches if you've been fired, sit down if you got told no. And at one point in time, everybody was sitting down and he finally said, remember where you came from and what we're here for. That kind of level of mentality, that power, that hard-nosed coaching, relate to his players and also develop his players well, is something that would do wonders with the New York Giants, who have talent, have young players who can be really good and really relate to them. And Sheen, I think, would do a great job bringing in the right guys there. So ultimately, I think that Brian Dable would be a great hire for the New York Giants and one I could see them making. So I could see Dable going to New York and then, well, staying in New York, actually, going from Buffalo to MetLife and coaching the New York Giants with Joe Sheen, his uh, his buddy coming in there as the general manager. So now we go uh, down south to Texas, to the Houston Texans, who for the second year in a row are looking for a new head coach after firing David Culley, a guy who I think did really well with what he was given. But regardless, Nick Casario had him in there on a short guaranteed money deal because he just wanted his own guy, I think, at some point. So he had Cully as the fall guy this season. They'll probably try to get rid of Deshaun Watson, maybe this offseason. We said it last offseason, who knows. But I think Nick Casario wants someone of the New England coaching tree. He wants someone who's going to be a leader. And I think if you look at that building, you have Jack Easterby, who's a mess, but he has a very strong ego and will never recognize that he's kind of a mess. But Nick Casario, I actually like, but I think he's got such a strong, big ego that he's going to want someone in there who will also have a big ego, but will do it in a way that doesn't necessarily clash with his. And that's where Brian Flores comes into this. I think these two would be symbiotic. I think Flores is a guy who 24 and 25 record doesn't even say justice to what he did in Miami. I think Flores is actually a very, very good head coach. And I think good head coaches need to have a big ego and honestly good general managers too. So I think Brian Flores in this case is going to come in and instill a different culture and kind of pick up where David Cully left off, but a little more hard nose. I think Brian Flores is a guy that a lot of people want to play for, a lot of guys like, but I think he's definitely going to be tougher than Cully was. Cully was tough, but I think Cully related to the players a little better. So I think with Flores, you get a guy who's going to relate to players pretty well, but also not take any shit. And then he's also going to be part of that Nick Casario mindset of that New England Patriot mindset. So I think it'll be a really good fit there for the Houston Texans and could maybe change the culture. Maybe Flores continues to push forward with David, David Mills and they really take a step forward this season and who knows what happens. But whatever, I think Flores ends up and is actually a good hire for the Houston Texans to pair with Nick Casario and that New England Patriots mindset. So then next is the Las Vegas Raiders, and this one's probably the toughest one to predict. I think the Raiders definitely are in a tough spot. Um, Rich Basaccia did an incredible job with this team. I mean, he really did. He, he took this team that has had so many hiccups, question marks this season, and he's done such a fantastic job giving them an opportunity to succeed. They make the wild card. They still played well, played competitive football this season. And between John Gruden, between everything with Henry Ruggs, with Damon Arnett, they've had so many guys that were also supposed to be key pieces flame out and be headaches. So I think Rich Basaccia definitely deserves the opportunity to be the head coach here. But I think Basaccia should be the higher but I just don't know if Mark Davis ends up doing it. I think if Mike Mayock had stayed, it definitely would have been a good thing for Basaccia because 
or Basikia. I'm sorry, it's probably Basikia, I think it is. But I I definitely think if Mayock had stayed on, he would have been adamant in Basikia staying. But I think now it would be a little harder for me to see him staying. So although I would keep Rich Basikia, I think they end up going with Gerard Mayo, the inside linebacker coach of the New England Patriots. I think they want to go young. I think they want to go with a vibrant, big leader, big personality. I also don't think he's going to be that necessarily hard for the roster to accept. I think these guys are really behind Basikia. But I think Gerard Mayo's young. He's not really far off from his coaching career or from his playing career and now into his coaching career. He's been really leading that Patriots defense. And I think he's someone who's a vibrant, energetic, hard-nosed personality who could come in there and be a young leader for that team. And I definitely think he would smooth over them deciding to pass on Basicchia as the next head coach. But I would hire Basicchia. I think Gerard Mayo needs one more year, but Gerard Mayo would still be a really good hire here for the Houston Te- or for the Vegas Raiders, sorry. And I definitely think if the Texans don't go with Flores, they could go with Gerard Mayo. So Gerard Mayo should get a very serious look for a head coaching job, but I think Rich Basicchia deserves the job with the Raiders, but I think they could end up going Mayo. So final predictions. I know I went on a big ramble there, gave a lot of facts, gave a lot of information, but ultimately I see the Jacksonville Jaguars going with Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Denver Broncos going with Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys and former Super Bowl champion defensive play caller for the Seattle Seahawks and former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I see the Miami Dolphins going with Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. The Giants going with Buffalo Bills OC Brian Dable. The Chicago Bears going with Indianapolis Colts DC Matt Eberflus. The Houston Texans going with former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. And the Las Vegas Raiders going with uh, Gerard Mayo inside linebackers coach. And then also I forgot the Minnesota Vikings going with Nathaniel Hackett. So a lot of information, but that's how I think this year's coaching carousel falls. If even one, two, three of those are right, I will be ecstatic. But definitely looking forward to seeing who they all end up hiring and grading them in a couple weeks. So yeah, those are my coaching carousel predictions. A lot of information on where I think these coaching searches end up panning out. But I hope you guys enjoyed that part of it. Now, going to be a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor, and then we dive into a quick playoff prediction before we wrap up this week's episode. This is going to be a quick, very concise playoff prediction. I definitely rambled on a little longer than I wanted to with coaching carousel predictions. I'm going to go rapid fire here. Bengals, Titans, I'm going to go Bengals. This one's been really hard for me to predict. You know, the Titans at home in Nashville. Derrick Henry's back. A.J. Brown's been tearing shit up all season. Vrabel's an excellent coach, and I believe a better coach than Zach Taylor. But the Bengals have some of the most momentum in football right now. Joe Burrow is playing absolutely out of his mind well, and I think the Bengals walk away with this win. Then the Bills, they travel to Kansas City for the second year in a row in the playoffs. Last year, the infamous picture, Stephon Diggs staring as they celebrated, and I think that's the exact mentality the Bills have. They got disrespected. They got beaten last time. This time, they are peaking just at the right time. Three straight wins and dominant win against the Patriots in that wild card game by 30 points. They are the hottest team in football right now, and I think they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a great, great game, probably the game of the week if the Bengals-Titans game isn't, and I think they walk away with the upset on the road and host the final game against the Bengals there in the uh, in the 
AFC Championship. So going to set up a really good matchup there. And then in the NFC, I see it being the Packers over the 49ers simply because San Francisco is going to be forced to travel with the wind chill of zero to Lambeau Field that's already going to be so hard to win. And then factor in a banged-up Nick Boza, banged-up Fred Warner. Who knows if either two of them will play. And then add in a Jimmy Garoppolo not at 100%. This game is going to take a masterclass coaching performance from Kyle Shanahan. But with how consistent the Packers have been all season, Green Bay wins this one Rams Bucks I'm going with the Rams to win this one you know there's so much talent on that team so well coached Raheem Morris is going to be able to dial up some looks to rattle Brady I think and then I think on the other side I think as much as Bucks would have an edge offensively they're wounded they're wiltered it's been a rough go at it this season despite the AB drama they've also lost guys at certain points guys have went down and they're not at 100% and although the Bucks are hard to bet against as the reigning Super Bowl champs with the greatest of all time at quarterback I think the Rams walk away with this one simply because they, at this point in time they're the better team. Rams-Packers in the NFC title game. It's in Lambeau Field, forcing McVay, forcing that Rams team to go to the frigid, cold Lambeau Field, the wild atmosphere, one of the best atmospheres in sports. I think the Packers are the hottest team in the NFC right now, and I just can't see Aaron Rodgers losing at Lambeau. I think he pulls it off and gets to another Super Bowl, and they beat the almighty all-star team of the Los Angeles Rams, who are also hot at the right time, but I think this time around, it's the Packers that make the Super Bowl. On the other side, AFC Championship, Bengals-Bills. It's in the Bills arena. It is putting the Bengals in an uncomfortable situation, making them play in Buffalo, making them play in front of that rabid fan base. And then you're putting Josh Allen in his comfort zone at home. You're going to have a rough matchup for those corners for Cincinnati as Josh Allen's been torching just about everybody all season. And that Bills defensive front is going to be aggressive. They're going to be looking to rattle Joe Burrow and force him out of the pocket. Although he does well outside the pocket, you're going to have to force him to target Trey White, who hopefully would be back and healthy. And then Jordan Boyer and Micah Hyde, who are some of the best playmaking defensive backs in the AFC. I think the Bills win this one because they're the more well-rounded team that if they are in this situation, I've heard a couple people say this, that if there's a team that's better suited in the playoffs, find me one because this Bills team is built for this moment. I think the Bills win the AFC title in advance to face the Packers in a wild game. Two of the most historic franchises in the sport clash for the Super Bowl in a game that everyone's going to want to watch. Some of the most talented players in the sport go head-to-head. You have Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen, Aaron Jones and that mighty Green Bay Packers backfield versus a younger, not as talented backfield, Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. Two great offensive of lines, two general managers who invested heavily into their quarterback. Not as much Gunta Kust, but definitely Brandon Bean. That roster was built the right way there. They've added receivers around him, one of the best in the game in Stephon Diggs, and the best in the game in Devontae Adams on both sides of the ball. Then defensively, a well-rounded, feisty Bills defense coached by one of the better defensive coaches in the game, Sean McDermott. And then you add in the fact that they have some of the best playmakers in their secondary, but one of the best secondaries in the game, which I hear Alexander and Eric Stokes now together, Razul Douglas for the Green Bay Packers. A defensive front that boasts Preston Smith and likely Zadarius Smith at that point. Then you factor in Rodgers has been here before versus Josh Allen in his first Super Bowl. I think the Green Bay Packers win this one. And Aaron Rodgers wins his second Super Bowl. And bold prediction, this is it. Rodgers walks off into the sunset after the drama of this season as an MVP champion, a Super Bowl champion. Rides out on his high, and that is it for Aaron Rodgers as a career. 
Bold prediction, I know, but I think that he rides off into the sunset, and the Green Bay Packers are your 2021-2022 Super Bowl champions. And that is that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been a wild prediction episode, a lot of bold coaching carousel predictions, bold playoff predictions, and that is how I see it all mapping out. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to listen to more Ambitious, tune in next week and follow us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter Ambitious with DP, and YouTube Ambitious with Dylan Price. Have a great weekend, ambitious listeners.